Good morning, everybody, and happy Wednesday to all of you and yours. It's Almond in the morning, and it is Common Sense Radio. Jamie Almond here with you, and pleased and privileged to be so. And in a world where we just have a bunch of feckless Republicans, and of course I focus on them because they're the ones where our money is, and in a world where we have a bunch of feckless Republicans who who will deny us a conservative House speaker and continue to do so and continue to betray America until we finally do realize and actually, hey, you know what? Maybe the Republican Party isn't for us. Maybe these guys who keep throwing good people out like Jim Jordan, maybe they're really actually not conservative. Maybe it's the wrong party. But in a world where the Republicans just simply don't seemingly have any kind of grounding, in fact, they're they're as I, I will let Tucker tell it here, uh, they're 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 just letting Joe Biden march them into World War Three. So so and, and in fact, aiding and abetting it even uh, as as we saw with the the feckless Lindsey Graham. So, because the, the Uni Party really wants more than anything else a war, because it, again, the Republicans benefit from it just as much as the Democrats do. Not only monetarily uh, through their campaign coffers, but they benefit from it because it's it's distracting. Uh, you don't, you you know you're worried about gas prices. You're worried about gas prices in the middle of a war. Yeah. What are you worried about the price of cornflakes for? We're in the middle of a war. You get you get the drift, right? What are you worried about all those little things? Remember, you remember Lindsey Graham yesterday when he was barking at that Newsmax reporter. It's like we're not focused on what's happening in the U.S. We're focused on what's happening here. Yeah, war is good for everybody except you and me, of course, and our American soldiers. But yeah, they 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 love it because you can't complain about anything during wartime. You know, they, come on, you need to suck it up like Rosie the Riveter. Calm down. <laughs> I lo- I love by the way how the how the UN is now complaining they don't have enough fuel. They're right like in the Middle East. We don't have any fuel. It's like, uh, well, why don't you seek out one of the Countries where oil is squirting through the cracks in the sidewalks. Maybe that would be a start, you idiots. We're in the middle. Yeah, only only the UN could possibly have a problem where they're in right smack in the middle of the friggin' Middle East and they can't find a gallon of gas. Anyway, in an age where we have zero seemingly rudders with the Republican Party and beyond, I got to tell you, it's been really great to see Ron DeSantis coming out and taking the stands that he's taking, whether it be on the Palestinian refugees or the visas for terrorists supporting foreign nationals here in this country. And now, who knew? Florida has anti-terror laws. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So uh, the there's a uh, there's a some kind of Palestinian solidarity event uh, at the University of Florida, and it was with a 
a group called Students for Justice in Palestine. And they were going to have this event this Friday. And DeSantis steps in and says, uh, hey, here's what you're going to do, uh, State University System of Florida. You're going to deactivate the Students for Justice in Palestine group. You're going to do that uh, because they distributed a toolkit inviting members to aid Hamas in their Operation Al-Algo flood terrorist attacks. In the letter from Chancellor Roy Rodriguez of the State University System of Florida, he wrote this to the letter. He said, during a holy Jewish holiday, the recognized terrorist organization Hamas launched an unprovoked attack on Israel. Among those killed were babies, women, elderly. To date, approximately 1,400 Israelis have been killed, including 31 American citizens. Uh, And even though Governor DeSantis and the State University system and the Florida College system have all condemned these attacks, they're still trying to hold this, this rally on Friday. And DeSantis said... Uh, you you need to uh, deactivate this group, or we're going to deactivate you. And and that's refreshing to see. And, and and as far as I'm concerned, in terms of domestic types of pushbacks on these terror supporting groups and terror supporting universities and beyond, DeSantis seems to be the only one really. Uh, focusing on this to 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 any to any degree, so DeSantis directed the chancellor of the university to deactivate the students for justice for Palestine uh, and do it promptly, and it will no longer be a group on a state supported campus. How many governors have been doing this? And this isn't about free speech. It's it's not about because there are, there actually are anti-terror laws in Florida. I'm not quite sure other states have them. But this isn't about free speech. This is about aiding and abetting criminals and terrorists. So good for good for Ron DeSantis with yet another winning position on this issue. And I got to tell you, I'm surprised he's not. You know, while while Nikki Haley keeps on beating the drums of war. I'm surprised that she's seemingly doing better than he is. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But but again, you know, maybe at some point we have to understand that the Republican Party is not for us. Maybe, maybe that's the message. When someone like Nikki Haley can go past Ron DeSantis, maybe we're in the wrong place, people. When when the Republican Party will run a member of the Freedom Caucus and the second most popular conservative in the United States out of the House speakership, maybe we're in the wrong place. Have Have you ever considered that? Maybe the Republican Party is unworthy of our support. I mean, how long are we going to keep hanging out with somebody who 
betrays us and beats us. How long? You wouldn't live in a house like that. So, you know, at some point we're like, I wonder why they're doing that. I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder why. You're like, figure it out, folks. It's right there in front of you. Again, to the to the uh, to to the age old colloquialism, you know, if somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Nikki Haley is a Republican, but she's no conservative. So uh, these people all up in the House speakership, this Emmer guy, the fact that they even considered him is a betrayal. This guy, this guy hates Donald Trump. Is a complete and total rhino. They call him a moderate, but he's not a moderate. He is a Republican. So again, maybe that's the Republican Party. Maybe they ought to just go and we ought to just let them go and be the Republican Party and figure something else out. Because because we're in we're in a house, basically, uh, where they're eating and we're not. All the time. We we got to sit there like the, the kid who is watching them eat and we don't have anything. It's, it's unbelievable. And now the Republican Party is helping helping Joe Biden. By supporting him as he heads us into a Middle Eastern war. Tucker Carlson last night. We seem to be heading to war with Iran. Certainly the Biden administration is pushing us in that direction. What's new and interesting and ominous is that very few Republicans, the opposition party, are pushing back. Instead, some of the party's leaders are encouraging it. Here, for example, is Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina from last weekend on NBC. You said this week that the only way to keep the war from escalating is to hold Iran accountable, part yes. of what you're talking about now, <laughs> and that it might mean bombing their oil refineries. Yeah. Have you had any discussions with the Biden administration about this? A, a bit. Here's my message. If Hezbollah, which is a proxy of Iran, launches a massive attack on Israel, I will consider that a threat to the, um, to, to the state of Israel, existential in nature. I will introduce a resolution in the United States Senate to allow military action by the United States in conjunction with Israel to knock Iran out of the oil business. Iran, if you escalate this war, we're coming for you. Are you effectively poised to declare war on Iran? That's very strong language. I, I am poised to use military force to destroy the source of funding for Hamas and Hezbollah. No, that's Lindsey Graham. Few others in the Republican Party will be that open about their intentions, but very few disagree with him. Yeah. Uh, listen, when things like this happen around the world, Lindsey Graham, if you watch him, he gets giddy. He, he, he gets downright orgasmic over stuff like this. You, you, have you ever watched the guy? I mean, he, Lindsey Graham never has more energy then when all hell is breaking loose around the world and he has a chance to kind of beat his chest like he's some kind of like armchair general. It's pretty crazy. 314-556-6104. Good morning, everybody. It is Common Sense Radio. And regarding the speakership uh, and the House speakership, this is why... 
this this is what the real problem is is that we haven't at this point stepped back and finally gotten the message that the Republican Party is sending us. The message that the Republican Party is sending us, uh, you and me in particular, is that we're not welcome. Our ideas and our outlook for this country and its future are not in congruence with their outlook. Uh, And I realize, you know, ultimately, it could be a good thing that there is diversity in the Republican Party. But diversity, to me, isn't great when the people who represent the diversity don't hold any values associated with conservatism. That I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't look at that as diversity. I would look at that as a lack of upholding of a brand, basically. And, and so when the Republican Party keeps on sending us people like Emmer, the majority a majority whip, as a speaker, when he is a Trump hating conservative-hating betrayer tells you everything you need to know about the Republican Party and and how much it has in common with you and me. I mean, ultimately, you have to realize that, you know, sometimes there is a level of incompatibility that is actually not curable. And now we're in that stage right now with the Republican Party where we're actually trying to find some individuals who are compatible with our ideas, and it's really hard to. And the the ones who are compatible with our ideas are kicked to the curb. Uh, Jim Jordan's a great example of that. So at what point are you going to say, hey, you know what, this might not be a good fit. This this shouldn't be that hard. Why am I as a as a conservative struggling so hard to support the Republican Party? It's a lot of work. When the Republican Party doesn't care about me or my ideas. When the Republican Party thinks it knows more than I do about what is good for the future of this country and for the family and for our society and for our freedom. They, they, they're just, they, don't, they just don't listen to us. Now, just imagine this and, and, and kind of uh, put this into a relationship category. And, and, and if you were in a relationship with somebody where you had to like fight to like them or, or, or love them, depending on what the relationship is, where, where, where you have to actually work. I mean, I realize that relationships by, them, by their very nature are work. I, I get that. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So I don't need to qualify it here. Uh, but, but, but you know what I'm talking about. Imagine being in a relationship where you've got to do pretty much everything 
You're doing all the heavy lifting. You're doing everything as it relates to the conversations or whatever. And you are um, the one doing all the work. And on top of that, you're doing all the work. And you really don't particularly like that person anyway. Yeah, th- that's not a compatible situation. That's not that's not a tolerable living situation. <laughs> Tell you the truth. So that's where we're at with the Republican Party. Right now, they are aiding and abetting the solidification solidification of Joe Biden's reelection in twenty twenty four. Because I know I know how they're, what they're thinking. They're thinking, well, if we can't have a rhino or a Republicrat uniparty person like Nikki Haley or some of these other clowns, and, and we might have to deal with Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump, then we're just going to go ahead and burn it all down. We might as well go ahead and help Joe Biden get reelected in 2024. Then we don't have to do a whole lot of stuff. Republicans have a really, really super easy job when they're not in control. They love it. Lindsey Graham loves it. His life never changes regardless who uh, the president is. His life never changes. He just gets happier. He's the happiest I've ever seen him right now on television, all giddy and rosy-cheeked about going to war with Iran. So, again, these people, not, nothing changes in their lives. You think Lindsey Graham pays for gas? A tank of gas? Maybe maybe someday, maybe one day we ought to ask these guys, like, simple questions like that. When was the last time you actually bought a gallon of gas? When was the last time you bought a gallon of gas? Don't you think that's an easy enough question for somebody in politics? When was the last time you bought a gallon of milk? Or depending on your situation, when was the last time you bought a dozen eggs? When was the the last time you shopped for a couch? Those are are the kind of questions I want to ask my politicians. I don't need any deep you know, the philosophical questions for these guys. Ask them those simple questions. And I guarantee you, Lindsey Graham hasn't shot for a couch, hasn't bought a gallon of milk, and hasn't bought a gallon of gas in probably 25 years. That's the world these guys live in. So they don't, they don't, they don't have to live like we do. That's the problem. And so now everybody is like, uh, like a pig in slop. Over the idea, they they're so happy this happened because we're distracted and we don't have to focus on the domestic situations in our lives now. Well, no, I'm sorry, they don't have to focus on the domestic situations in our lives. I should say. What do you think about them apples? Three one four five five six sixty one zero four. Good morning, everybody, and happy Wednesday to all of you and yours. It's Common Sense Radio. Jamie Ullman here. Jim Carafano going to be checking in with us uh, at 7 o'clock to kind of settle the world for us and see uh, how things are rolling right along. And uh, another question I would ask a member of Congress 
uh, aside from when was the last time you actually bought a gallon of gas, uh, or or when was the last time you actually took the spigot and put it in your gas tank, or bought a dozen eggs, shopped for a couch? Uh, when was the last time you pulled a credit card out of your pocket to pay for something? Like when was the last time you actually physically handed somebody your credit card? And 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 by the way, when was the last time you? Use your credit card, and we're not sure whether or not you had enough credit to get what you wanted to get. You weren't actually sure whether or not your card was going to be declined. When was the last time that ever happened to you? Hopefully, it doesn't happen to it never happens to anybody, but it, it it does. So again, that would be where what you need to be asking them. Uh, and, and and I will one of these days. I'll get. I'll, I'll do that, and that they'll, it'll appear gratuitous because they'll think I'm just being gratuitous. <laughs> they'll think I'm, I'm not focusing on the real world world problems and blah, blah, blah. But again, w- once we get off onto this World War Three thing, which is what Republicans and Democrats absolutely desperately want. Once we get off to that thing, we we will have lost total control of our country and our domestic situation because you won't dare ask about any of this stuff. You'll you'll be turned you'll be turned into a traitor if you even ask about mortgage interest rates. We're in a time of war. What we shouldn't be worrying about mortgage interest rates. You know how this is going to work. We're, we're, we're fighting for the future of the world. We shouldn't be worried about a gallon of gas. That's nothing compared to what our soldiers are going through. You guys know how this works. So that's that's what's going to happen. And, and, and these guys are hell-bent on ready to go. They're hell-bent on this war. Which is why, of course, you listen to Kirby and these guys. They, they, you notice that these guys all from the Pentagon and the State Department all kind of say the same thing over and over again. We've got assets around the world, and if these are attacked, they are an attack on our national security. We have assets around the world, which is why they keep pushing assets all over the place. They're planting them all over the place. Every time you turn around, we've got Americans going somewhere else, warships, soldiers, whatever. Because at that point, they're, they're going to be littered around the Middle East, and, and, and they'll be targets. And then once that happens, like Lindsey Graham says, if they, you hurt some of our facilities, it'll be a national security. We're gonna, you, know, it, it, you know exactly what's going to happen. And Lindsey Graham's going to busy himself with resolutions to take out oil fields of Iran. I mean, this is going to be a disaster. And on top of that, if if we go to war, the election is canceled. It's going to happen, but you might as well forget it. it. There's not going to be a 2024 election like you thought there was going to be. It's, it's going to be already decided. It's going to be a time of war. 
Republicans will have aided Joe Biden in his reelection, and you're not going to matter. Every everything that was important to you up before October seventh uh, isn't going to matter. Crazy, but true. Three one four five five six sixty one zero four. This is uh, interesting. On the side here, I remember when the Obama chef drowned while paddleboarding, and the story really was not exactly all it was cracked up to be. In fact, the the nine eleven nine one one calls uh, were really odd, and then there were markings and bruising on Barack Obama's hand and face that 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 were not basically explained. And again, I'm not saying Obama killed this guy. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But uh, the initial reports were that the Obamas were not at their house at the time of the incident. Remember that? And now it turns out that Obama was actually on the scene. Uh, isn't that interesting? I, I, you kept hearing that, well, the Obamas weren't home. The Obamas were home. The Obamas were home. It turns out Obama was there. And then Jesse Waters came up with some uh, new information. Fox News alert. We have new information tonight in the drowning death of Obama's personal chef, Tafari Campbell. The Massachusetts State Police responded to our FOIA request and released their report with some redactions. According to the report, Obama was on the scene shortly after Campbell went missing. Report also states an unmanned female staffer jumped into the water when Tafari fell off his board, but it was already too late. He disappeared. We also now know that Secret Service has surveillance footage of Campbell from Obama's compound moments before he entered the water. So we're going to see if we can get that and we may have that for you again. We're very, very sorry for Tafari's family. That was a serious, serious tragedy. So why, why was it initially reported that the Obamas weren't home? Why, why did that happen? And, 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 and the key question regarding that is who reported that the Obamas weren't home? Like who, who told the news media or whoever, where did that story about the Obamas not being home originate? Where, 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 did, where did that story come from? Who said that? And where did they get the information that the Obamas were not home? Like, how is that? And because that came out right away. There wasn't like a, well, we're still trying to find out if the Obamas were home. We're still trying to figure out if the Obamas were home. No, it came out, the Obamas weren't home. So and, and he drowned and they weren't home. And so that's how, that's how it goes. That's all the deal. And I said, well, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Now it turns out he's that he was there. So again, this isn't. I, I mean, obviously, this isn't uh, Watergate or the end of the world. But I think, I think actually, for Tafari Campbell's family, it, it, the, the these kinds of things matter. Uh, for, uh, and, and of course, are we ever going to see this? Secret Service surveillance tape, or or is that surveillance tape going to go in the same circular bin 
that the surveillance tape in the West Wing went to when they found the cocaine. Like, wh- where, like where is that? Where is that surveillance video? Because you know there's surveillance video. We haven't, seen, we haven't seen one shred of surveillance video from inside the West Wing. Now, I can understand they have an easy excuse. It's like, well, we're not going to show you surveillance wind uh, video of the West Wing. Uh, you know, only certain people can get in there. It's a security clearance required. So we're not going to send out video that shows you every nook and cranny of the West Wing. Uh, so you can make a map. And, you know, we, you know, so the, they have plausible deniability here in saying they're not going to do this. But where, where, what, what is more of the story? Now, that seems to be a fairly significant development that, that the Obamas were reported to not have been home initially. And then it turns out through a, a Freedom of Information Act request that was, was done by Fox News. Now it turns out that the he was there. He was on the scene. So, you know, that that's the that's the thing. And, and so so at that point you wonder like what the hell is going on here and and what are they hiding? And what happened? I so I don't know. I I'm I'm not again my my problem with this is not as much I'm not really as concerned about like what happened as I am with all of the inconsistencies in the stories and what appear to be uh, outright lies. And, of course, never mind that Obama had bruises and markings on his face as if he had been involved in some kind of a fight or whatever it happens to be. I don't know. And, and was there an indication that Tafari even paddleboarded on a regular occasion? On a, on a normal occasion, like did 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 he? Did, there's really no discussion about whether or not that was something he normally did or what was going on. You know, again, I'm not trying to say that Obama killed this dude or what have you, uh, but but nonetheless, they, they were they were there, and we just want to know who said they were not. Good morning this morning. It's Common Sense Radio. Don't forget Jimmy Carafano on the way. Hey, whatever happened to the magazine Scientific American? Good morning, everybody, and happy Wednesday to all of you. The scandalous behavior of the news media in the wake of the Israeli massacre is a lot deeper than you might even imagine. We all know uh, even as Chris Cuomo points out, I mean, because, you know, you talk about blind squirrels finding a nut. Uh, Chris Cuomo uh, finally, in the end, uh, discovered, like a lot of people are discovering, that, hey, you know what? Looks like the news media is a little biased about this whole thing. We've seen a terror organization get the kind of deference that Hamas is getting right now. Yep. I've never I've never reported on the well, the Taliban says that. Uh, right. Never. And they were in control of a region, and they're, they're as much, you know, uh, installed as a, a power base as Hamas is. I can't even believe that we say the armed wing of Hamas, right. as opposed to what wing? Right. Uh, and, you yeah, know, I mean, you ever imagine you'd miss Chris Cuomo? Of course, now, keep in mind, this is Chris Cuomo uh, post-CNN. So, uh, really, in the end... 
I, I wouldn't be surprised, although I don't want to beat him up for nothing, but if, if Chris Cuomo were on CNN, I wonder whether or not he'd be saying the same thing. I, I, that, I, that I don't know. But I don't think he'd be as voraciously honest about this uh, and, and, and this arrangement uh, as, as he was here on News Nation with Dan Abrams. So who knows? But we'll take what we can get, I guess. Of course, this is the same AP uh, that is also you know, they're, they're the ones who said you have to uh, use the capital B when you refer to a black, a black person. Now they're saying you cannot refer, you shall not refer to Hamas as terrorists because the word terrorist is imprecise. Now, only the AP and a journalistic operation could possibly be imprecise in saying something is imprecise. Because automatically you have to ask the AP, what do you mean that the word terrorism isn't precise? Can you be more precise about that? That's You can't make this stuff up, people. You can't make this stuff up. In the meantime, the news media, when I say deeper than you'd imagine, uh, the news media actually is now actively, and I'm talking about the three main commercial networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC. Uh, according to a study bun, done by our uh, friends over at Newsbusters, ABC, CBS, and NBC are purposely shielding pro-Hamas Democrats from the public. They're purposely shielding pro-Hamas Democrats from the public. So you've got a situation where you've got members of the squad who have continually taken the side of Hamas and, and continually uh, made disparaging comments about Israel and continually watered down this terror attack. And, and the networks have given... Many of these transgressions, if not all of them, zero coverage. So uh, the on October 17th, Haley Stevens, uh, uh, a Democrat from Michigan, introduced a resolution condemning Hamas for its brutal attack on Israel and, and demanding they immediately release the hostages. Tlaib was the only squad member not to sign on to the resolution. That, that act got zero coverage on all three networks. Zero coverage. Now, if you could just imagine a Republican who didn't sign on to an act, a resolution condemning a church, a black church massacre. How, how do you think that would be reported? Well, it'd be it'd be the number one story on every single network. But Tlaib is is unabashedly anti-Semitic and a terrorist supporting traitor. And she doesn't get one ounce of coverage on the news. The following day, Tlaib and Cori Bush uh, wound up in a pro-Palestine protest at the National Mall. Uh, the demonstration eventually moved into the House uh, Cannon Office building, where a number of protesters were ultimately arrested. That that seems like news, right? 
That got zero coverage on all three networks. Zero. In the immediate aftermath of October 7th, uh, the attack there, uh, Ilhan Omar joined Cori Bush in Tlaib in calling on Congress to cease military aid for Israel. Those three members, of course, Cori Bush, who was a despicable representative of, of the state of Missouri in Congress. Omar Bush and Tlaib called on Congress in the aftermath of the October 7th attack to cease military aid for Israel. That act got zero coverage on the network newscasts. Zero. Zero. None. Again, apply any other story that serves the liberal cause and it would be the lead story. But that, this is the news media actively trying to protect these traitors and these disgusting anti-Semites from any kind of exposure in the, in the public arena. That's, that, is, that is deliberate protection. That is deliberate coverage. Here's another one. Uh, in May of 2022, Bush submitted a letter to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken accusing Israel of war crimes. Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, uh, Presley, and Tlaib were among the Democrats who co-signed the missive. This was in May of 2022. That also got zero coverage in the network news. These are the same five squad members who voted against funding for Israel's Iron Dome defense system back in 2021. All three broadcast networks have run at least one full-length report on the Iron Dome since October 7, which would have been certainly an opportunity to mention the people who voted against it. And there were a couple of Republicans who voted against it, so I'm not saying, but again, zero coverage on the evening newscasts. So again, this is not just a coincidence or just some kind of pattern or what have you. This is a deliberate kind of cover provided to these hugely embarrassing anti-Semite lawmakers who hate Jews and, and, and hate Israel and love terrorism. And you think I'm being hyperbolic about that? Uh, too bad, because that's exactly who they are. They're telling you who they are. <laughs> that's the, they're, they're, you know, again, when people tell you who they are, believe them. They're telling them, telling you who they are. They're putting it in paper and paper. They're going before microphones. And yet the news media is not covering it because they know how embarrassing this is for the Democrat Party and beyond. So there you go. Thank you, Newsbusters, for that coverage there. All right. Uh, Jim Carafano. Going to set the world straight for us in just a few.